Welcome to Sales Velocity TV, where we pull back the curtain on how the top businesses in the world sell more with less resistance. Bringing over 50 plus years of combined sales experience and over 100 million in revenue generated, please welcome the hosts of Sales Velocity TV and two incredibly entertaining gentlemen, Andrew Cass and Aaron Parkinson. We're back. Welcome to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. We're talking advanced pricing strategies today, Aaron, and I love it because pricing of what you sell can be a mysterious, sometimes frustrating process if it isn't presented the right way. So we're going to share with you some big league strategies that we have deployed or seen over the years that really make the presentation of price less stressful for you and your prospect and ultimately allow you to sell a lot more. With less resistance. With less resistance, no less. With How's that, it going, man? I, before, we, before we kick into this, I want to know, have you officially come down off of your Tom Brady high yet? No, I'm still up there. <laughs> I'm still up there. Yeah? Listen, he's my all-time favorite athlete in the history of sports. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan was kind of like the icon with six rings. Now Brady has seven, but he has them with two teams. And I think LeBron James is somewhere, you know, in that conversation. I think Tiger Woods is somewhere in that conversation of just iconic, most amount of championships. And But I think the Brady thing, you know, in football is just a different kind of a game. To be able to – getting to a Super Bowl that many times is a lot harder than – you know, winning PGA championships on, on uh, in regards to Tiger. Hope he's okay. He got in an accident this week, by the way. I don't know if he caught that. Yeah, he did, and Such I and I guy. and I understand from what I read that uh, he had two two yeah. two serious leg injuries, one on each leg, and that, that might actually put the nail in the coffin. Already, who's already ailing, right? Yeah, I think that might put the nail in the coffin on, the, on any future Tiger Woods wins. Yeah, but then you have LeBron, like right there with I think four or five champion. I think four four championships with three teams now. That's like he's right on the heels. If he gets to like seven or eight championships, he's he's back in the conversation with like he's not in the conversation with Brady. He's in the conversation with Jordan right now because Jordan had six. LeBron has I think four or five. Is it five? Now I want yeah, to know. Yeah, but I if you go back and you look at Michael Jordan's actual all time stats versus LeBron James, they're not in the same world. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole overall stat thing is is. But he but listen, here's the thing about all these guys. These guys are really good guys. They are so focused. They're family guys. They're just good people. They're super hardworking. And they well, are, I don't know about Tiger Woods. <laughs> well, he had his issues, of course. But I, you're right. He had his issues, but he, he, did, he bounced back. I mean, I, I feel like he, everybody makes mistakes. I feel like he recovered from that. I feel like he you know, has come around and, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's overall, he's a good guy. But he did some, you know, he had a tough run in, in the middle there. But that's not totally uncommon. He's human, right? Although yep. that was kind of an uncommon scenario, <laughs> but anyway, let's get into today scenario. because. Uh, but thanks for asking, man. I you know I just still kind of you know love what Tom has done, and I just love that he did it in the face of all the critics and all the people that didn't think he could do it anymore. It's really a great story for I guess guys our age or you know women out there, women as you're getting as you're getting older in your career and people start doubting you, right? Happens in business too. There is no reason why you can't keep going the distance if you take care of yourself. Right. So I was talking to I was talking to a client yesterday, Aaron, and he's like, you know, how do you balance like being busy in the business with like how you take care of yourself, family relationships? I said the number one priority has to be how you take care of you, because if you don't take care of you, you can't bring energy to the table. 
You can't bring energy energy to your family. You can't bring bring energy to your relationships. You just you can't show up the way you need to show up in business if you just let yourself go. And and Brady was was big with that. He's a guy that just took and still does takes incredible care of himself so that he can keep showing up at 43. And that's you know and that transfers to business for me, right? Do you think he goes to, to 50? No, God, no. No? No. Do you? Maybe. No, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so. But well, he, you we'll know, see. Easily, it's another year in the sport, right? Well, I mean, we're talking about two pricing deal. today. We're talking about pricing. The funny thing is we never actually have talked about pricing specifically in any of these episodes. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and there's, there, there's actually – my opinion on pricing is that I think everybody puts too much focus on pricing in the beginning. And if anything, most of the clients that I talk to, one of the first things that I recommend they do is raise their pricing. Right. Um, however, the reason that we don't talk about pricing and we haven't really historically is because if you don't have all of the other systems and things in play, pricing isn't going to save you. And, and, and if you're, you know, if you don't have all of your other systems and things in play, and you're constantly asking yourself, is my price too high? Let me lower it. Let me lower it. Let me lower it. You're, you're, you're in a race to the bottom. Yeah. And, and that, I'm glad you brought that up because the first thing I wanted to bring up today in our topics here is you don't want to be a lowest price provider. You don't want to turn into a Walmart. You don't want to be competing on price. In fact, you're better off having a higher price point in, be, in, in, in figuring out a way to justify it as to why, right? Like you look at Mercedes, you look at BMW, you look at Lexus. And they're all kind of fighting for the, the, the number one luxury car award, right? Mercedes usually, usually always wins, but BMW is right there as well. And they're, you know, they're, they, they're never, ever lowering prices. They're never trying to create an economical view. They're raising prices and creating premium versions of what they already have. That's where they're at. And you'll find that when you're in that place, you're not, you're not as stressed and you don't need as many deals, I agree with you completely. There's a space for both of them. Yeah. But the majority of the people that tune into the show are not in the low priced battle space. But they might have a low priced starting point, right? They sure. might have a, a, an ascension model, which makes a lot yeah, of sense. There's a difference between an ascension model and just going out and saying, I'm going to sell a hundred thousand twenty dollar units. Right. And that's right? my only that's my only product, right? Yeah. And and even if you did have that, I would still encourage you to tack on an ascension model to it because otherwise you're just leaving money on the table. Exactly. Exactly. Right? But the 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 race to the bottom on let me just beat you with price is is a miserable, awful, margin cutting, you know, ruthless experience that somebody's always gonna find a way to do it cheaper, faster, better. And it's not a game that I like to play, nor do I encourage any of my clients. Agreed. Agreed. So let's talk about a couple different pillars here. So pillar number one is price versus the presentation of price, right? So a lot of a lot of business owners just focus on price, but they don't put a lot of time into how they present price in a sales presentation, whether it be on a Zoom, whether it be live from stage, whether it be on a webinar, and they miss out on the ability to make price feel like it's a really good deal. And they just kind of throw, like price gets used in the wrong format a lot. Like So it, it, it's like saying, do you like what you heard? Yeah, how much is it? Price is two thousand. Like, like that's the presentation of price. It just gets thrown out there a lot. Where what we want to talk about today is how you can, how you can take your price point and wrap some bonuses or some value or some memberships or some incentives around it, so that the price feels like 
wow, this is a really good deal because of what's stacked with it. So presentation well, and there, price and is two, big. There's, there's two pillars to that, right? There's one, which is your price. And there's the other one, which is your perceived value in the eyes of the prospect, right? If you do a great job in establishing a super high perceived value, then the price becomes inconsequential. Yep. Yep, exactly. And that's what very few do. And they go, wow, we need to lower prices. So the default thinking there, Aaron, is, oh, man, we're not selling enough. We need to lower prices. Well, what about not lowering prices? What about even entertaining raising prices? But positioning the whole thing as a bundle or a package or an offer that is irresistible. And we'll talk about some examples here today. Absolutely. And, and it's all, it, it all comes back to psychology as, as most sales does, right? Is, is the, the system or the process that you use to getting to the price. Yep is oftentimes more important than the price itself. And we, I, I would say that predominantly on the show, that's what we talk about, right? Is, is, is all things leading up or the presentation right. itself, right? So I think it's fitting and we'll come back to this. Pr pricing strategies change and ideas change. We'll come back to this quite a bit because when it comes time to sell, you can really win or lose big with the presentation of, the, it could be the same price. Aaron, you might sell your $2,000 package one way. I might sell it another way. I might have a 50% closing ratio. You might have 10. Same price point, different presentation of price. Absolutely. And I think where we have to start with this, because this, this layers into what you're about to cover, is really clearly understanding what the biggest pain points of the client are mm -hmm. and really zoning in on how your product is going to solve those pain points and then assigning of value to each one of those things independently. So by the time you actually get to the price, the price that you're offering is so much less than the perceived value that they're getting that now your price feels like a no brainer yeah. versus something that has to be thought about. Or you know? not only a no brainer, or it feels like, wow, this is a really fair deal. It's a sure. really good feeling when somebody goes, that's fair. It's kind yes. of hard to get somebody to go, that's fair, when you just throw price at them like it's just you're throwing something against the wall. Yeah, they have no context. It, it, yeah, there's no context. It hasn't been presented the right way. There hasn't been, you know, value stacked in or bonuses stacked in like we're, like we're talking about here today. We have, I mean, we have so many examples of, of how that can get done. And, you know, just one example off the top of my head would be, would be stacking unannounced bonuses in with a pricing package that can equal or exceed the value of the package itself, let's say, right? So a lot of our viewers, my guests, are selling, I'm going to throw this out there, consulting packages, coaching packages, um, online training, um, coaching programs, um, you know, that kind of, like retainer-based, retainer-based price points. And they get, and, and they oftentimes just say, this is my price, like I said before, this is my price. And what do you think? What do you want to do? Are you ready to get started? Yeah. And they don't, they don't get creative here. And I think this is, this is, an, and there's, there's so many things you can do today that you couldn't do years ago, by the way, when it right. comes to creating a different feeling package than just your consulting package in that, in, in that example. Yeah. And I think that, and, and probably to use like a real life example, I'll use um, my agency as example. I know that the pain points of the prospects that are coming to me before are lack of communication, 
uh, lack of creative testing. Uh, they typically don't have their own tech teams, so it's slow to implement things. And when I'm talking to my clients, you know, I will reference the price points of my competitors, but then I'll say to them, we're different because we also include the tech. We also have a software that costs $20,000 a month that's going to allow us to test 1,500 variations of creative per week and, and only choose the top three to test in your account. And that software is $20,000 a month. Oh, and we also communicate with you by Zoom and outbound four times per week versus once a month. Oh, and we also have 15 years of experience, which we get to consult you on based on what's going on with other clients and what we've experienced in the market for the last 15 years. So we're giving you all of this for this price, but this person only does this one thing for this price. So automatically I've already separated out my value and I've started to assign some, some actual values to those things. So when I come back and say my price is actually this, even though it's more expensive than my competitors, they've started to do a mental calculation of what all those things would cost for them to implement themselves. And then my price all of a sudden seems like a fair deal. Exactly. Yep. That's the difference. That's it right there. That's the presentation of price versus just throwing price against the wall. Yeah, and because if I came into my, my, my strategy sessions and said, we're going to get you a result. This is our price. They're instantly going to compare it, it, it to the other people like in the marketplace. It's like it dies on the two-yard line, right? It dies on the two-yard line. So yeah, I, and they have I, no I was, context uh, yeah, as to they, why. They can't, they can't compare it to anything, right? No. So automatically their brain would default to you're too expensive. So Lincoln, you know, Lincoln, the, 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 car, the car company, Lincoln, which I think is Ford. Isn't Lincoln Ford? Isn't Lincoln the luxury version of Ford? Like Lexus I think so. is the luxury version of Toyota. So I was looking at Lincoln. I got a new truck recently. I was looking at Lincoln's because I like the Aviator and I like some of the trucks that they have. And they have now in Lincoln, and I, this has been for a while now, and I think Mercedes does it too, is they have, they have black label versions of, of their cars now. True. Which are a bump up in price of like 10K, up, 10K, 15K on the top. And the only thing it is, Aaron, is it's a membership. So if you get the black label version of this Lincoln Aviator, let's say, you get a membership, which means you have um, direct access to service. So like if you need service on the car, they will come get it for you. There's like little perks like that where they'll come get it for you. Um, you have access to like their OnStar, their, their, their priority OnStar. Um, I think you can use kind of like the, the airplane membership. You can use their lounge if you need to, if you're in a, an area that you need to drop the car, but really they're going to come pick it up anyways. So this whole black label membership thing is just a change in the way a car price feels because selling a car is really just, here's the price. What do you think? But now they're bundling a membership into a luxury car and that takes price way up. But then people go, well, it's kind of worth it because, again, they're comparing, well, if I don't have to drive over there, there's my time and they're going to come pick it up for me. And I get access to all these like 20 percent discounts at restaurants. I saw the whole thing. It was pretty cool. 24 hour support. 24 hour support. But really, it was like they, they have these 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 relationships in the area at these really nice restaurants and, and within these clubs where you can use your black label membership as an opportunity to get discounts at participating restaurants and, you know, whatever else you, you might, you might do. So that's interesting. Right. And that, and that when it comes to a, a boring work. commoditized pricing product, which is a car, right? That's not, you don't have a lot of wiggle. What are you going to do? Add an extra set of brakes. <laughs> you can't right. do much with a car, right? So how did they, they did a good job of, of thinking outside of the car. What can we do? Right. Right. And, and the key here is that they, they ask themselves going back to my original point. Yeah. 
what are the what are the things that irritate my clients? Irritate, big words. That, that's the uh, that's the key, right? What are the things that we could put in place here, and either charge a little bit more for them, or, or create a surcharge or whatever that would make somebody feel like you get me, you get my problems, yeah, you've solved my problems. This is this is worth premium pricing. Yeah, and 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 obviously they had a a, a pamphlet or, or something online that you read through. Yeah. That stacked all these things and you went, yeah, that irritates me, that irritates me, that irritates me, that irritates me. I want that, I want that, I or want that. Or even the cool I factor. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool, right? It's it's yeah. nice. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, now, not only did you solve their problems, but you also kind of tapped into the ego a little bit. And this is the big thing. When you can start to learn how to tap into the ego of humans, you can craft some really premium priced cool stuff because yeah. there's there's an old saying that that people will do more for recognition than they will for money yep. right so if you can make somebody feel recognized as special elite superior whatever then that's a big part of that black label thing is that you even on the cars that they put like different you know black striping and and they black label edition and whatever it, it's almost like the american express black card Right. When you see right. somebody pull out the black card, that's the model right there. Right. Then all of a sudden when other people see that they have the black card, it makes them look it's leveled that, it's up. It's that social proof element, right? It's the social yeah. proof element. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you so, know, every, it's funny the you mentioned the black card. Anytime you see anybody pull out an American Express <laughs> black card at a restaurant or at a hotel or whatever, you and I both know that you go, that guy's liquid. Yeah. You go, no, you go, that no question. Yeah, because you need to spend at least a quarter of a million dollars a year to even qualify for it. That's invitation only. Absolutely. And because it's invitation only. And that's, you know, that's another thing that you can start to layer in is the invitation only element to what you're doing that that also justifies, you know, that premium pricing scenario. Right. And and so going back to the core root of what we're talking about, whatever your product is and you want to look at what your competitors are doing and ask yourself, how could I break this down so that it made sense to my prospect that it's worth this price, but even better, what are some pain points or some benefits that I could give them that would make them feel amazing and then break them down one by one by one by one and then present my price mm -hmm. so that, psychologically they're checking all of these boxes of their previous experiences that were negative, right? Or they're checking all these boxes of what they want to accomplish, you know, with moving forward. And by the time you get to the, the, the price, there's a, there's a old, there's an old strategy, Andrew, you probably remember this. It's, it probably comes back to your like mortgage brokerage days. Mm -hmm. The goal is to get a client to say verbally, or internally seven times the word yes before yeah, you pitch it's a yes the path you're creating a yes path because we're creating a yes path mm -hmm. right so i've created this right this thing is part of this product right like so if i'm talking about the offer with the agency for example you know i'll say to the prospect you know most people struggle with tech they don't have a tech team and we're trying to make you know tests and conversion rate optimization inside of your funnel really really quickly so we can get to where you want do you have a tech team no i don't have a tech team wouldn't you love to have a tech team that can make those changes within 24 hours yes 
right? And then we've got this software that does this, 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 this. isn't that cool? Yes, right? It's, you know, costs this much. And then we have this, and isn't this cool? Yes, right? And they're like, either verbally or internally, there's, they're, they're confirming that they want what you have and they're confirming that they understand the value of it so that when you do go into your pitch, it's very difficult to say yes, 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 no. We're not wired that way. Yeah, and to piggyback off that, what a lot of business owners make the mistake of doing or sales salespeople that are selling is they don't talk about what they offer beforehand on price. They give price and then they start to almost justify it later, which is backwards. Yeah, right? it's a reverse justification. So, it, so you know on a presentation, somebody's going to say, well, how much is it? Right. Let, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, the but answer, first, the answer should included. be, oh, it's 2000 The answer should be, I'm going to tell you exactly what it costs. But first, what I want to do is I want to walk you through all the different elements of the service. And then I'll break down the different pricing options. That's right. Do what I just did right there. So I just disarmed them. I wasn't rude about it. I just said, and now I'm going to go through my five or six or seven points like you did in your example. And then I'm going to say, you know, again, you might have two options. There's a premium version and a basic version, let's say. That tends to be, you know, we can talk about that in a minute, but having an either or option tends to be strong because it doesn't, people like choice. And sometimes you can have and this, by the way, this is a really good strategy. This is an important strategy. If you sell one thing for X, we'll call it 2000 in our example here today. Even if you created a premium version of it, just to condition the pricing of the normal $2,000 basic version that you have now, you would probably double your sales conversions in the next 10 presentations. Because let's say you just, for giggles, put a $5,000 option on the table just to see if it sticks, and you presented that first, and this is a persuasion technique that Robert Cialdini talks about in his best-selling book, Persuasion, is you start with the really high premium version price and then you drop to the next price, option B. And that conditions, that they feel like over here, this is a really good deal. They might, in most cases, some will take the premium version, but most people, when they hear the big one, they go, oh my gosh, that's nuts. And then the other one just seems like a really good deal. They, the mind just sort of falls into the second one it, by default. And it's, it's as if, wow, that's a really, if that costs that over there, this is a really good deal over here. So well, that's, and a, I'll that's walk a conditioning technique. Exactly. But don't, and it's a really I mean, don't, good but don't be unethical about it. Really have that premium version. Don't of just, course. Don't just create, you know, disclaimer here. Don't just create it just because you want to kind of have a fake price point to sell more of the other one. You really do it because you'd be surprised how many people will take the premium version, like the black label version I just gave you. When it's presented, most business owners, they don't think to present it because they just get stuck. So they, they just get so stuck in their, in their one product and service that they don't think about how can I create a premium version? and really, really condition the way everything gets sold within the company and start there and work your way down, right? Yeah, and, and I want to show you another example of what you're talking about, Andrew. I went to a seminar with a guy named Phil Town. I don't know if you know Phil Town. He wrote the book Rule One, um, hedge fund manager. And he was on a, a piggyback event with Tony Robbins. And I remember going to his presentation. It was a live presentation. It's probably 500 people in the room-ish. And um, he was basically talking about how you could fly out to his presentation in Atlanta and then actually come to his house for the day and mastermind with him. And he's a very wealthy individual, very, you know, very sought after, best-selling book, all these things. Mm -hmm. And as he's doing this presentation, he's talking about all the different things that he's going to teach you and the value associated with it. Big stack, and right? It, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and what was interesting is that he kind of th- after the first value stack, he kind of threw out this price. The price he said, you know, at five thousand dollars, this is an absolute no brainer. And then he went through and he kept value stacking, value stacking, value stacking, talking, educating. And then he was, you know, he, he went back to the price and he was like, but you're not going to pay $5,000. You're not even going to pay $2,500. And then he went back to more value stacking, more value stacking, more value stacking. And at the very end, he said something along the lines of, you know, but you're not even going to pay $2,500 today. You're going to pay $495. And he said, but for the first 50 people who act, and we'll talk about sense of urgency in a second, you can bring a guest absolutely for free. So he had set the level of expectation that it should be this. And at the moment when he said it, I was like, yeah, good deal. Like that was a fair price. Yep. Like it's, it's Expected. not cheap. It's not expensive. So when he kind of dropped the 2,500 in the middle, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty that, good that value. That's really, really, yeah, that's a real good deal. Right. When he got into 495 and then he was like the first, you know, 60 people get to bring a guest. It was so ridiculously irresistible because he had already stacked all of his value. He'd already price conditioned us throughout it. He'd already got us saying, yep, 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 yep. And boom. And, and he provided amazing value, you know? So, you know, not only did he, he, he have an amazing product, with amazing value. He made it so that the, the value of what he was offering was so insane that you had to take it. And here's the funny part. It was only the first part, obviously of his product funnel mm-hmm. because we got there and we had two days of training, which is, was amazing value for the $495. And from there, he went into pitching $25,000 year-long coaching programs, which made sense. So it was like, it was like an on-ramp program for him. Yep, it was an on-ramp so program. So a couple caveats to that, because I know, I know some of you might be like squirming listening to this, right? Because you might like sell B2B or something. And, you know, that's a very home shopping network style process right there, right? It's a very, it's a very, um, it's a webinar process. Like if you have a product that can get sold on a webinar, you tend to stack and stack and stack and you know, sometimes for, for, for you as a business owner, you, you, you're, you don't have the kind of product that would do well stacking a gazillion things on. That tends to work really well with information products, coaching products, and consulting programs, right? Yep, Just as absolutely. a little caveat right there, because you might not get on a Zoom with like the CFO of a company and start rocking, you know, 19 different products that you, and bonuses and different value adds and all that. So, you know, you, 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 you might, depending on your product, you might have the ability to stack like that. You might not. But at the end of the day, you definitely have way more creativity than you're most likely using in the way you present the, the product for sure. There's no, there's no, there's no doubt about it. And, and value stacking before you offer the price in almost anything is a necessity yeah, it is. so that you're seeding versus responding, right? Seeding the value versus giving the price and then justifying the value right. are two completely different methodologies. One is very simple. One is very difficult to pull off, right? right? But then there's the next element, right? How can we create some sense of urgency? And, and I wanted to, to use the example, an example that you said, home shopping network, you know, we talked about this earlier about infomercials, right? If you, if, you, if you start to watch things from an advertising perspective, you start to pick up trends of things you see all the time. And the reason why they trend is because they work, right? So anywhere that you can see trends and you can look at your sales process and think, how can I emulate what's going on there and test it? It just puts you leaps and bounds ahead of all of your competition. And, and going back to the example, you know, how many infomercials have you seen, Andrew, where the price 
1995 and they've stacked all the value of what it does and blah, 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 blah. And then at the very end, they say, but if you, if you buy order within, within the, the next seven minutes, we're going to add a second one for free. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So now you've stacked oh, all man. the value where the 1995 looks totally fair. And then you've you're already like dialing in. the number to buy. And then they throw in the second one for free. And you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We got to get it. Yeah. We got to get it. Yeah. Right. And, and by the and, way, Aaron, let me stop you for a minute. As cheesy as that sounds. Because I know what some of you are thinking, oh my God, I could never, never do something like that. If you sell products and services online, especially like low price, that th th those price points, there's a reason why this has been happening for a hundred years on radio and TV is because it works. So if you don't get hung up on the way it might, it, it, you might not like it because you don't like to buy that way, but just understand that large volumes of people buy that way. Yeah, and is can, they want deals use, and they want stacking and they want bonuses and they want incentives. And, and you can create sense of urgency in multiple different ways. It's not just the infomercial double your order for 1995. Right, right, right. There's That's a bunch the of different example. ways to do it. And, and, and I'll give you examples of it, right? If you have more of a premium type product, and we do this with one of our products, Andrew, it's $5,995, but we like to reward action takers because we know they're going to have the best success in the program. So if they act within the first 48 hours, they get a thousand dollar discount. And the reason why this is important is because people are deciding where to put their resources. And when they know there's a reason to move forward within a certain time frame, then it, then it allows them to do their checklist of whether or not they want to do it within a time frame, which obviously serves you, mm -hmm. right? So just adding in that extra layer, some type, something to create a sense of urgency is really, really powerful in, in almost any type of selling, right? I mean, anytime somebody runs a sale, there's always, it's not like a perpetual there's a sale. Deadline. Yeah, there's a deadline. There's a deadline. Right? Because they want to drive people into what they're doing. And you don't even have to do it with price. You know, one of the, the, the ways that I create sense of urgency with my own clients is I say, look, we only onboard one new client per week and it happens on Monday. And right now, next Monday's full, right? So if you want to ensure that you're going to get the results, you need to take action fairly quickly to make sure you lock in the next Monday's onboarding because if not, it's going to get filled by somebody else. And now we're going three weeks, four weeks, and we're pushing you further away from your timeline, Yep. right? So it doesn't always have to be about price, but there has to be a reason for somebody to take action within some time frame. Not everybody will, obviously, but what you'll find is that, is that you'll you'll dramatically increase your conversions because you're asking people and giving them some type of incentive gonna, to make a decision you're now. Dramatically increase conversions, and like you said, it doesn't have to be on price. It can be number of spots. I'm, I only have three spots, like you. I only have one spot. It can absolutely be on a price. Incentives work great, right? You know, we we we. And again, if you feel like, oh my God, I don't want to like piss people off. That's kind of awkward. I feel like you know, really salesmany. Well, then you just don't like to have huge numbers because at the end of the day, you're running a business, not a charity. And if you need to get decisions sooner than later, then you need to find a way, way to incentivize those decisions. And if you have resistance to that, you are going to, you're going to need to accept the fact that your conversions will be very low because humans are wired to act much faster when there is a deadline and an incentive to act. I've, Absolutely. I, I've we, done we, so many events and so many trainings on this, Aaron, Yep. that and there's always people who resist it. And I always say, listen, you are welcome to resist it and not do it all you want, but I'm telling you, and they all come back, but I'm telling you right now, 
you are just accepting the fact that you're going to have a significantly lower closing and selling conversion. So if that's cool with you, then just keep leaving things open-ended, keep not wanting to offend anybody, keep trying to just like live a stress-free life and keep, tr- keep wanting to violate the norms of what salesmanship and persuasion is all about that has existed for hundreds of years. I mean, that's where you're going to be at if you resist some of these principles that, again, box people into making a decision, not in a manipulative way, but in a way that just gets their time not wasted and your time not wasted. Well, yeah. And, and how you how you communicate it can often, you know, if, if people feel like there's some type of stress around that, they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to seem pushy. I don't want to force that, That's exactly what happens quite a bit. Is, is there, right. Well, is is the reality is, is that the offer is not off the table. There's just an incentive for acting sooner just, rather than just, later. If you call me next week, it's going to be 6,000 instead of 5,000 in that example. Yeah. If you yeah, need a week. And you need to, again, you need to stick to it, right? It's not, you don't create the fake premium, like I said earlier, and you don't create a fake scarcity deadline. You actually have two price points, one within 72 hours, let's say, and one from there on out. And there are a bunch of people that'll come back and be like, I missed it. Timing wasn't good. I'm okay paying the extra. I really want, want that, that, that service. Absolutely. Great. It's an extra thousand for you and a great new client. And, and I want to take it a step further. You know, once you understand sense of urgency, then you can start to look at every piece of your communication and marketing material and ask yourself, is there any sense of urgency in here? Yeah, it's great right? to ask. Where is because, the movement? Where is it? Is there anything here, right? Because if you start to understand this and you start to test it in different processes, you'll see it makes a remarkable difference. And I'll give you another example a and, and a piece of, you know, gold for our listeners to use today. So many clients we come across, they don't have any user-generated content offering testimonials about their, their service, their product, their brand, whatever, right? And the reason is, is because it's difficult to collect testimonials because what, what, how does that serve the, the client? They're like, yeah, I'd love to give you one. I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it, right? <laughs> and, and you and I addressed this with one of our own companies where we sent out a simple email that said, hey, you know, things are going great. The company's going like crazy. You know, we're so grateful for all the support you guys have given us. But as you know, reviews and testimonials are super important in today's world. So we're going to offer you this ethical bribe, right? Bonus, back to our you know, bonus, sense of urgency. We're going to offer you this ethical bribe, right? If you can deliver us a 30-second testimonial, just take your camera, shoot 30 seconds, tell us the things you like most about our product, We'll enter you into a draw. We're going to choose five lucky people. They're going to get this thing with this value. And we're going to announce the winners tomorrow at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Kind of gamify it, right? Right. We basically said, we're growing. We're grateful. Thank you very much. There's this extra thing that we'd love to have. If you'd like to, to potentially get one of these things with this value, here's what we need you to do. Here's the sense of urgency. Here's the timeline. Here's where we're going to announce it. Right. I've done this a million times before when when we didn't put the fact that we were going to choose five winners by 12 p.m. Eastern Standard tomorrow and, and you know, announce it on our Nothing Facebook would whatever, have happened. Cr- crickets, bro. Crickets. Exactly. You got to amp up the urgency. It, it, it's the sense of urgency in a timeline. All of a sudden that email goes out and 40 testimonials pour in. Right. And then we choose five lucky people. We give them something worth the, the value that we stated in the email. And all of a sudden now we've got all this great user generated content that we can take and put in our marketing material, which is a necessity to build credibility. Right. Exactly. exactly so right. it's just another example where this becomes super, super important. And you can start to leverage this concept in almost everything that you do. I want to loop back to one other thing you, you said before 
when presenting price and adding value and whatnot. The other thing you can tackle to a little more advanced is, is invalidating the competition along the way because they're looking at you most likely and they're looking at other options, especially in the car example, right? They're looking at Lincoln and Lexus and all of them, right? But again, if you can bundle in something that's a little different, this is your unique selling proposition, something a little unique, and you, you actually address the elephant in the room. Listen, I know you're looking at three other cars. There's no shortage of luxury cars out there. Let's just address, let's just come clean. You're not, we're not the only dealer you're going to today with your wife. You're probably, this is your fourth stop probably. Take the car example, apply it to anything, right? And figure out a way to say, listen, here's what I want you to walk away with is this is why we're different. And this is why we're the leader in our space. And this is why we've pioneered this thing, whatever it is for you. And this and, is why you're going to have a better experience with us. Yeah. And, and come like, don't wait, don't wait for the resistance. Come right out and invalidate competition. You don't have to like smash your competition. You don't have to say these guys are losers or the worst. You d- don't do business with like, that's a rookie. That. When you hear a rookie going, Oh, don't do business with them. They're the worst. So that, that's all you got. They're the worst. Give me no. something to chew on, right? You hear sometimes novice salespeople go, oh, yeah, they suck. They're the worst. Don't, but that, that's how they invalidate the competition. No, you need to be strategic about it, right? You need to be intelligent about it. And you need to actually know your competition so you can say, listen, here's a couple. Like I'll give you a perfect example. Pipeline Pro, our software platform that powers the show. One of the big, 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 big differentiators we have is that in our platform, you can do email, text, and voice broadcast with one click of a mouse off one platform. There's currently at this time, not one platform that exists that has email, text, and voice in one place. It's usually three different subscriptions. So anytime I'm having a conversation about our platform or our service or our suite of services, I say, listen, whether you use Infusionsoft, HubSpot, Salesforce, Entreport, I can tell you right out of the gates that there's one thing we do that they can't do, which is going to save you a bundle and give you at least double, triple the efficiency. And it's email, text, and voice. It's crazy, right? So fortunately, we have that in our corner. You got to find your fortunately, right? If you're, if you're marketing a product and service where you don't have like just like a, an over-the-top differentiator, it's going to be so hard to sell anything today. So if you don't have that in your product and service right now, you can create it. You can manufacture it. You can Absolutely. bring another vendor in, right? I, I, you know, I was talking to a, a client a couple of days ago, and they bring a vendor in. So think creative, create, creatively, Aaron, right? They bring a vendor in to provide another service. It's kind of like what you mentioned with tech. They bring in another team to be able to say, we do this too. Because most business owners will get stuck in their own head and they'll go, well, I could never do that. I'm just me with my team. Well, bring in another team, right? Get creative. Bring in a team that adds a whole different element to the service so that your service sounds nothing like the service that they're probably looking at in in comparing you with. And and again, it's a strategic alliance play. And and, and there's all... If you look out into the marketplace today, there's already somebody doing the things that you're thinking about adding better than you ever could do them anyway. Yeah. So, and cheaper, right? So you you can go out and, and bundle these services into your pricing and blow your competition away. And worst yeah, case scenario, price. just up your pricing a little bit to justify the That's cost. Right. It's the, gonna... the default thinking is, oh, but then, you know, how could I... But then I eat into my profit margins. No, you don't because you raise the price to keep your profit margin the same. Absolutely. So if you wanted to bring in the black label version of the Lincoln, well, then the Lincoln goes up 10K because we know our profit has to be X. They didn't say, oh, let's bring in this black label so we sell more and keep the price the same. 
No, that that's a that's a a five figure difference. Absolutely, and and I look at you know another example because I think real life examples are always super super helpful for people. Um, I used to go down to Texas all the time, and just you were outside there of, at one point. Remember? That's right. Good thing you didn't. I almost did move there. You'd be paying uh, American taxes. I know, which oh. I'm, I'm certainly happy I do not. <laughs> but it's cool. I love Texas though. There was a there was a little uh, Cadillac dealership yep. outside of uh, Bernie in South Texas, and if I remember correctly at the time, this Cadillac dealer was not only the most successful Cadillac dealer in Texas, but they might have been the most successful Cadillac dealer in America. Mm. And what they did is exactly what you're talking about. When you bought a Cadillac from these guys, for life, you could come into their lounge anytime you wanted. Nice lounge, TV, snacks, drinks, whatever, and have your car washed for free. Even if you had a Lexus six years later. <laughs> right? And, and I remember people so at the like, time, right? people adored this place. And it wasn't just that they could get it washed. They could sit in this cool lounge and just chill for a little bit. Now, what a lot of people say is, well, that's an added expense. Oh, is it an added expense? Well, first off, just raise your price a little bit. Mm -hmm. Two, think about how many people were constantly coming back to the dealership. To see cars, to see new cars, to see new year right. models. Establishing long-term relationships, new models, sales opportunities, all these things. And now when they've been coming for two years – Think about how costly it is for a car dealership to get somebody to walk in the door, right? Two years later, they got three, four people a day walking into the door. Sales guy goes, how you liking the, the Cadillac? That's ah, pretty good. Oh, when are you thinking about getting another one? Well, I was thinking about maybe maybe next year, but actually, let me see what you got on the lot right Still now. Still around. Well, let's go have a look. Still around. Still, Still around. around. Reminds me, Aaron, of American Express, the Platinum card. Sure. Right, so forget black. Black is black. You know, black is black. Platinum and black are, are in the same. You know, the same same benefits for the most part. But platinum. So this is how American people are like. How does American Express sell a five hundred dollar a year membership, five hundred dollar a year fee, annual fee, and you know, Visa has no fee. Visa has a black card now. They're all trying to compete, right? No fee. But people gravitate to American Express. They did something like that too. Cool. They linked up. So again, think alliances and think about who can I bring in. They linked up with all the major airports across the country years ago. This has been going on for a long time. And they created like this, if you have an American Express Platinum or Black card, you get to hang out in the American Airlines United Way. They have like these premier member lounges. Yep. And if you show your card, you're in like this five-star beautiful lounge with buffets. And just like that piece alone for people that travel was the reason that people paid more for American Express and used it over Visa or MasterCard is because when they get to the airport, they would go early and stay late because they'd be in this beautiful lounge. One piece of many, obviously the points and all that is a big thing too in travel, but that was a huge differentiator and that cost them money because mm -hmm. they had to say, okay, we have this huge value add that we're going to add to the American Express program, which means we're going to have to go do a deal with these airports to make it. But think about when you do that deal, what does that do to your selling process on the front? Oh my God. I mean, you know, most people get concerned about all oh, the money, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make it back or I, I need to raise my prices. I would be thinking about, think about how much easier it's going to be to sell my thing. Think about how much smoother my sales process will go when I go invest in this relationship. That's, 
That's the big time way of thinking versus the right now stuck in my head. I can't believe this is going to eat into my prices thinking. Yeah. And I can tell you still to this day, I haven't had an Amex card now in probably, I don't know, six or seven you years. You haven't or you have? I, I haven't now. You don't qualify. I don't think you make enough money. I, don't, I think you have to qualify for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. You fell below anyway. the barometer. You know, they pull tax returns and. No, the, the, um, anyways, the reason, the, 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 the point I was going to make is that, um, I keep thinking I got to put that on my to-do list for one reason and one reason only. And I think most of it's, especially over the last couple of years, cause you can't really travel. Yeah. It's been like the, the thing that for the, the couple years before, every time I got in an airport, I would pass by one of those lounges and you can, in some cases you can pay to go in there and pay 50 bucks. I've done yeah, that quite yeah, a few I times. So. Like it, so. sometimes they don't have a pay option though. Sometimes they don't. And, right. and I would look at that and I go, I gotta get, I gotta get back home and get that Amex application. See what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you know what it was? You know what it was is that, that because I'm Canadian and I was in America, they didn't have Canadian applications. So it was always one of those things where I was like, when I got back home, I meant to call the bank and get one, you know, through Canada. And, uh, and then it would just go in one I'll ear and out one, the other, don't worry, which I'll, I'll again, make it happen for you. Yeah, which again comes back to sense of urgency, the importance of sense of urgency because I kept saying I'm going to get one and because one wasn't readily available for me right there, I went and got distracted and didn't get one, right? Yeah. But to this day, every time I'm in an airport, I think to myself, I got to go back and get an American Express card because that experience is so much better than sitting out here, you know, with with everybody else and their baggage and their kids and everything else. And, and, and it's creating that experience, that environment that... The, the, the price becomes, you know, either a no brainer or at least more than fair. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's the whole point of today. The whole point of today is look at what you sell right now. See if there's a sense of urgency. See if there is the ability for price elasticity, meaning can I raise price? Can I add more value? Can I bring in some other, you know, people to add some services to really make this an over the top offer? And then also figure out where are my deadlines? Do I have any kind of incentive and urgency and deadlines to get this thing sold at a discount or maybe it maybe you know certain bonuses go away after a certain time i would really really analyze like we talk a lot about auditing your sales process i would audit your pricing process because oftentimes your pricing might be in, in most cases it's just really just blah it's plain vanilla it's boring and it's just not enticing and there's just not enough meat and and one more key that i want to add in there andrew is a lot of people they're hearing about this discount pricing thing if you act in a certain amount of time Let's be really, really clear here. Understand what you want to have for your product. And that is the discounted price, right? Like the example that we used right. with, you know, one of our programs that we, we charge $5,995, but you get it for $4,995 if you act within the first 48 hours. We only want $5,000 for it. So it's not like we're discounting down from the price that we want if you act in the first 24 hours. No, no. We're just adding more to it if you don't act within 40 hours. We're not cutting into our margins. We're just creating a most a more expensive product if you don't act within 48 hours. And I'm right? glad you There's, brought it up because default thinking is I automatically lose. Default right. thinking is if I do that, I lose. No, you make sure you win. You're the business owner. You're the salesman. You're the CEO of your company. You drive the money and the revenue if you're listening to the show, most likely. You do, do this in a way where you need to, you, you look at what your profit margin needs to be first. This is counterintuitive, by the way, which is shocking to many, is they, they, don't, look at, they, they don't look at it that way. They, they look at, well, what will I be left with? No, no, no. What do you need to make? 
where do you need to be? And then you structure the entire presentation and the presentation of price there. That's a flip, right? You just flip the way you think about the business and the economics of the business. Unfortunately, yeah, and, and today, to most the... business owners, they don't think about the economics that way. They, they come at it from, a, from a, a standpoint of lack and not from a standpoint of, of, of abundance and figuring out, hey, you know, here's what we need to make. Let's protect that. Let's put well, a little and go back that. and look at the look at the car example, right? Do you actually think that the that the, that the businesses function off their full tag price on the lot? God no. Their whole model, first off, incentives, car- incentives, end of month incentive, holiday incentive. Oh, I, I got calls like when I was in the in the car hunting. I must have got a call from because I was looking at three different cars every single week. Oh man, there's this incentive in January that if you can do this, but it's constant incentives. Yeah, because the reason why is, and, and I've worked, I, I spent a very short time in my youth working on a car lot. And I remember, you know, I was working for Dodge and they had, you know, their high-end trucks were like, you know, on the lot for 65K, right? Full price, retail. Yeah, full price retail. And what they really wanted for it was like 50. That's, that's what their model was built on. They gave themselves that cushion, is what they Absolutely. Did. They, they gave themselves the cushion above what they wanted because really what, what car dealerships are in the, in, in the business of is they're actually banks. They just want to make loans on yeah. hard assets. If they can actually get more money than, than the loan, then they're just accept, you know, they're ecstatic. So in, instead of coming out and saying, okay, well, the car's 55000 and leaving themselves no room for incentives and everything else, they just put it at sixty five. And then they make everybody feel awesome with these incentives. Oh, you could, I, I, I'm going to do something special for you today. If you act today, we're going to knock $10,000 off of this, right? They're, play, they're, they're playing with free money at that juncture. You don't have to be the car dealership, but you should start to use the models. Remember, we talked about the home shopping network. We talked about stacking a coaching program. We talked about car dealers. You don't have to be anywhere near those industries to gain little nuggets from all of them, right? The best businesses, the best sales processes I see, Aaron, they take a little bit from winning processes and they make it their own. Absolutely. Right? They don't have to, they don't get pigeonholed into one way. You know, I always believe that, you know, the answer is somewhere in the middle with just about everything in life. It's everything somewhere in the middle, right? They take bits and pieces from everything and they, they blaze, they blaze their own trail right down the middle. This that's, is testing. That's, that's where the, the most success will come in sales presentations, in pricing strategy, and anything in life. But it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to someone. It's like, you know, everything is always somewhere in the middle. Politics, health, fitness, relationships. It's always, like, it's never all the way to the right. It's never all the way to the left. It's always somewhere in the middle. It's like the the people who get that are like the most grounded, intelligent people I've ever met. It's because they don't get emotional either way. They just still even keel. They're fine because they're not so, they're not pulled. Right. And it's the same thing with your sales process, right? Don't get pulled into one way of doing things. Borrow from different industries, blaze your own trail, stay somewhere in the middle, and things will run really smooth for you. And you'll be blown away if you if you if you institute some of these little strategies, how quick you get to decisions. And that's what sales is all about. Is you know, you can't just people just can't have open-ended presentations and they just hang around. You're constantly following. Aaron, I swear to God, while we were on this this show. I fill out a form online. I watch Shark Tank a lot. I love Shark Tank. I watch it with my son now, who's, who's 10, and he's really, it's a really instructive show for young kids to watch. Your son's 11. So great for him to watch too, because it really shows these kids what it takes to present a winning idea to a team of people who are going to give you money for it. And like we sit there and we're like, oh, maybe they should have done it this way, or oh, he screwed up over there. It's a fun show to watch with your kids. But Mr. Wonderful, who's like the, the, the icon on the show, 
he JV'd with this company called Tax Hive, I think it is. It's like a tax um, tax consulting service. So yep. I saw his ad online and I said, let me just apply for the strategy session and see what these, because they're, they're, they had a great claim. Like, you know, we guarantee we can save you, we can show you at least $10,000 a year in deductions that you may be missing with your account. I'm like, man, that's great. I, I copy. actually great I copy. Actually, I actually know the guy. Okay. JB, so great copy. I know copy, the guy that JB'd with him. Right. Great positioning, great copy. I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do the great videos, pr- professional websites, good copy, like all the elements of a good sales funnel and a sales process. So I did the strategy session. I ended up not being able to make it. My phone has not stopped ringing off the hook. I got a call while I was on Sales Velocity today. I must get three calls a day from the salesperson. Of the thing now, maybe that's a little bit too much. Maybe it isn't, but this is why we're, we're we're trying to get you into the habit of get people into a window so you don't have to keep chasing them. If you don't have them in a window of some kind, then you're going to constantly be chasing. And if you're you know you remember from my book Sales Velocity, if you read my book Sales Velocity, I use this analogy about a fisherman and a hunter, and there's a huge difference in in business when you're constantly hunting or when you're luring like a fisherman right? A fisherman is more chilled. He's laid back. He's luring. He's strategically using the right bait. A hunter wakes up every day and has to kill what they need to eat. That's what these guys are doing, right? They're hunting me and they're chasing me down. You don't want to be in the business where you're constantly chasing people because every time you chase, your credibility starts to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. And now they go, man, he must really need my business. That's the seventh call this week. We had that Zoom session on Monday and the guy's been calling me nonstop. I must be the only deal he has in his pipeline. I'm definitely not working with that guy. See what that does? Agreed. Not good. All bad. Anyways, what else you got, bud? I think we've packed a lot we, more we, than we, we actually intended to pack into this call. I'm looking at my this notes show, and we packed say. it all in. You know, there's a lot of things that people can take and audit their process after the show today. And, and ask themselves those key questions, right? Yeah. Am I properly stacking my value? Am I making my price look completely fair by what I'm offering? Am I, am I separating myself from my competition? Am I tapping into ego and making the person feel special? Am I creating sense of urgency in my process? You know, if you can go and just audit your stuff today and honestly answer those questions and start to test implementing some of these things, you'll be shocked and how much it impacts your conversions. 100%. That's the takeaway. That's the call to action. Go audit your pricing structure and go audit the presentation of your pricing structure. And you might be like, wow, that's a that's a disconnect moment. Like just disconnect social media, disconnect the internet, disconnect your kids and your dogs for a couple hours and go spend some time on going through your presentation and going through your pricing model and seeing where can I add a premium option that conditions everything else and adds more profit potential into the business. I'm Andrew Cass. That's Aaron Parkinson. Another great one here. Sales Velocity. We're back same time, same channel, same place next week. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.